With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin. The good news gals are here. Michelle and Jennifer and Cindy. And we are going to hear from uh, the head writer with the Babylon Bee in a minute. And uh, he is going to talk to us about the book, How to Be a Perfect Christian, your comprehensive guide to flawless spiritual living. But we're going to do a little good news story first. And uh, I just thought this was a sweet story that we can kind of integrate into the conversation that has to do with a good Samaritan. And I think there are oftentimes, you guys know, that we, we feel like moved to do something nice, whether it fits into your schedule or whether it's convenient or easy, you know, or not. Mm-hmm. Cindy, I know you reach out to people a lot mm-hmm. that you feel, uh, you know, I don't know, led to help. Something I definitely do. I when you said that, I just thought of. Uh, I was. Um, I had just finished getting my nails done. I was driving home and I passed. Uh, I passed an. Uh, I think it was an Arby's up there, and there was this lady standing on the side with a sign that I will work for food. Uh, Uh, you know, uh, there with her son sitting there on the corner in the grass. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? So I went and got gas in my car, kept watching her. And I came back and just came in my mind to go into Arby's and buy a $100 gift certificate, which I didn't even know you could buy those. Yeah. And then I went out there and gave it to her. But she only spoke Spanish. So I was, I went and tried to find somebody that could tell her that this card had money on it for food. Yeah. So I communicated the best oh, I could. Oh, you did? You think I hope she got she, it? I hope she figured it out, but I did go I give it to so. her. I would think so. I mean, a gift card, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, pretty cross the board, self-explanatory, and I, But she was standing right outside Arby's, so yeah. I said, here, food, go, oh, go yeah, over there. Oh, yeah, I bet she did. I'm sure she got it. And then probably was a little shocked when she got in and saw but all she, the change then she had I gave her, and it. she told me she wanted money, and I said, food, card. Ah. <laughs> I bet she got it. I think yeah. she got it. She well, got that it. That little boy will be happy got to it. get some nice yeah. warm food. So I thought that would be a nice way to keep their stomach full for a while. Oh, right. You're so mm-hmm. sweet. That's a good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the guy uh, who uh, had some boots, but he saw a homeless guy. And I've done the food thing before because I have had a brother who's uh, been on and off uh-huh. the streets uh-huh. most of his life. I and had some uh, drug problems, I like to give food rather than money as well. Uh, but some of my friends are like, yeah, you're a Christian. You know, it's between Jesus and the homeless guy. If he wants to buy some beer, that's between him and Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, well, all right, but still I'd rather give him a gift card because I know how my brother was. And, you know, sometimes it uh, helps to get some food in their stomach rather than get him another fix per se. But this good Samaritan, he wasn't giving food. He was giving boots away. Dave, give us the lowdown. There's a guy on a train. It was back a couple, it was about a month and a half ago when it was really, really snowy in the Midwest. And this guy just uh, couldn't help, couldn't stop himself from helping. This is not what you see on the train every day. It was amazing. 
It was an amazing act of kindness that Jessica Bell witnessed on the red line last week. So much so, she shared it on social media, and now it's gone viral. The Chicago lawyer was headed home from downtown to Beverly. She was seated across from an older homeless man. Near him was passenger Maurice Anderson. I looked down, I saw his sock, uh, his shoes were off, and uh, one of his socks, he was bleeding through. Speaking to us from Kentucky on FaceTime, Anderson says the homeless man told him his feet may have been frostbitten. I asked him what size shoe did he wear. He was like uh, uh, 12. I said, uh, myself as well. So I said, uh, here you go. Without hesitation, Anderson unlaced his brand new pair of $260 snow boots and handed them over to the homeless man along with a pair of socks. Jessica Bell quickly snapped a couple photos. I think that's really what resonated for me is that it was really a just like selfless and quiet act. Like there was no fanfare to it. It just happened. Bell decided to share the story on Facebook because as she wrote in her post, during a time when hate and apathy are rampant, quiet compassion appears without warning. For Anderson, who had an extra pair of shoes in his suitcase, he says he'd rather help than judge people in need. He's already in distress. You know, he's out in the cold and he's riding a train. So, I mean... It's like, I mean, if I'm not reaching down to help somebody, I can't say anything, no. I just, I love people who feel this led like you did, Cindy, with the gift card. Yep. And, you know, and they feel like, you know what, especially when there's a kid involved, that always really gets me. And women, homeless women, that really gets to me, too, because I feel like they're preyed upon. But then as Christians, mm -hmm. it's like, we also don't want to be like, oh, boy, everybody knows I'm a Christian, and they're walking with me, and okay, someone needs something, so I'm going to go ahead and grab my blanket and my gift card that I have, and I carry from my church the homeless bag where I keep Kleenex, a pair of socks, and a granola bar. And don't I'm forget the toothbrush. with my scripture and hand it to them. My aunt is funny because she will always give them scripture and sometimes they're like oh thanks a lot lady but you know as Christians we are led to be kind to others you know but how do you handle that and so I thought that'd be an inter interesting conversation to also have as we talk about the book how to be a perfect Christian your comprehensive guide to flawless spiritual living as, as we uh, introduce Kyle man we're going to also uh, mention to you Kyle that uh, Jennifer's here and Michelle and Cindy, the good news gal, so they may jump in and ask uh, some questions as well. And I understand, Kyle, that you are the head writer with the Babylon Bee. Is that correct, my friend? That's right. That's, that's me. <laughs> well, tell us, give us a little synopsis of the book. Uh, so the book is a piece of satire that's a couple hundred pages, and what it does is it walks you through all the steps to uh, to be a Christian who conforms to all of the uh, idiosyncrasies and tendencies of modern American Christianity. So we hit everything from, you know, you have to join a church that has thousands of members and looks like a shopping mall, to you have to take pictures of your quiet time with Jesus and, uh, and, and next to a, cu a cup of craft coffee, and uploaded onto Instagram and get a lot of likes. <laughs> or else it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. I wish yeah. I wish I could get a like from Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus gives you a spiritual like. I know. You <laughs> I know. So, um, talk, what is the Babylon Bee? The Babylon Bee is a satirical news site that focuses on Christian news and current events from a Christian worldview and a Christian perspective. So uh, the best way to describe satire and satirical news is basically that it's 
it's kind of like fake news, but <laughs> but it's fake news with a point. So we write we write stories and we make them up and we kind of blow up uh, we kind of blow up a, 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 a either a popular Christian character or celebrity or uh, a current event that's going on and we exaggerate it and we add comedic elements and then we report on it as though it's uh, as though it's real news and it and we're trying to usually point out a, a uh, folly or a sin or a fault. Or a flaw in, uh, in 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 the Christ, in the modern kind of cultural Christianity uh, worldview that as opposed to what we would think is kind of more of a biblical gospel that's just simple faith in Jesus and His Word. So Kyle, it's like Christian fake news. Hashtag Christian fake news. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, ladies, you can join in. So, in terms of. Uh, the, the satire. So you're trying to, which I think is funny, by the way, because a lot of people think Christians aren't funny. They don't know that we're like hysterical. Especially uh, Angie. She's yeah. the, she is the funniest Christian I know. I should be like hashtag funny Christian lady. But, um, you know, a lot of us they think we're like kind of boring, kind of lame, sensible shoes, really bad hair, or like at least like, it doesn't be bad hair, but it'd be like 1990s hair or 1980s hair. Like it's not like trendy hair. Christian hair was, is normally like old school hair. You know what I mean? Like they just think we're boring, and so I love yeah, it. Yeah, we're we're, all, we're always about you know we're always about ten years behind the curve. Right, right. <laughs> behind the fashions, right? And if, if it's like a racy swimsuit, we have a skirt over it, you know, and like <laughs> low a low heel, you know, no high high heels. All right, so yeah. ladies, do you have questions for Mr. Man? Well, I, this is Jennifer. Hi, Kyle. How are you? Hi. How are you? Great. So, like, what was the inspiration? I mean, did, how did this book come about, you know? Yeah. Uh, we, you know, being being members of churches and, you know, having having church hopped and church shopped before, <laughs> you know, we we just kind of looked at the, uh, at the current state of some of evangelicalism and some of the silly things that we do in church um, that probably, you know, some of it doesn't really have a biblical basis or a, 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 a solid basis on the Word of God, and, and we wanted we wanted to be able to point that out in a, in a fun and lighthearted way, and then uh, and then be able to call people to to a, a greater understanding of the gospel and and uh, and the Bible. So that was that was kind of it was just kind of our personal experience. I grew up in the church, you know, and I grew up in a few different types of churches. And uh, I love the church, you know, and so that was kind of the goal is that we wanted to point out some of the silly things that we do and call people to a, a more a more biblical and authentic faith. You know, um, Michael Jr. is a comedian that makes me kind of think about this, and he talks about when, when he was at church, and they're like, we're going to pray for your neighbor. He's like, I want to pray for I don't even know my neighbor. I want to pray for my neighbor. Let me pray with my neighbor. I don't even know. I don't even like my neighbors. I was taking my spot, and we're up park. And, uh, but I like the idea of, you know, the, how to be a perfect Christian, because it does say that I, I've always wanted to be holier than everyone else, and so, like, I've got my own Christian show, you know, go to church, and my kids, you know, have accepted Christ, so I like it that you guarantee me that it says now you all you all caps can be holier than all your friends <laughs> <laughs> oh i'd be like the holiest of my friends well and you have this book too now i know now i feel like i do have a step-by-step -step guide to be like um uh, it says a supercharged mega believer 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 i'm a supercharged mega believer instead of just like a lame christ follower you know? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Go ahead, Miss Cindy. 
Oh, hi, Kyle. This is uh, Cindy, hi. and um, some readers may perceive that the bee is making fun of Christians. What is your response to this, and what is the bee's real underlying goal? Yeah, um, there's a huge difference between if you read uh, satire or humor or you watch a, a comedy act that is clearly uh, built on mockery, yeah. And the whole mm-hmm. point of mo- the whole point of mockery, I mean, is just to lift up yourself and your own sense of of ego and say, "Hey, I'm hilarious. Look at me." And these people are are dumb, or these people these people are are stupid, or whatever. And uh, and, and to make yourself look better and make the target look small, where uh, where the point of satire, especially satire directed at your own culture and your own yeah. beliefs, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is intended to is intended to strip away things that. Uh, and, and tendencies that aren't aren't germane to the issue at hand. So, so it, it, it's intended to say like is is uh, you know is playing Hillsong's Oceans on your uh, in your worship band you know every single Sunday for 20 minutes like is that is that something that's a, a gospel issue and it's inherent to the gospel <laughs> and it's like no you know that whether or not your church likes that kind of music or plays that kind of music it, it's kind of irrelevant and so. It both makes fun of the people who are too legalistic with that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know, and we'll say, oh, yep. we can only sing hymns from 300 years ago, or you're not a true believer. And then also, you know, the other direction where people are kind of like, I just, I, you know, I, we have to have 15 electric guitars in our worship band. Uh, or it's Hilarious. not, uh, or it's not real worship, you know. So Hilarious, <laughs> funny. Or like the longer the service. We were joking, uh, Michelle and I, about African American <laughs> churches recently. Like if it's like a five-hour service that service that you're more holy than the other services, they're only like those lame one and a half Catholics hour services. Those one-hour services. Yeah, those yeah. lame Christians. <laughs> and I, I, well, I did a little video once that I was teasing my friends about. It, it was like. Um, you know, get, uh, and there's a girl on the internet and I posted hers too. And hers was like, get fit with the Lord. And then somebody's like, Oh, she's making fun. No, she's not making fun. Like some people don't have a sense of humor <laughs> or like there's a jacked yes. for jacked for Jesus workout. And there's, I wanted to do like spin Satan away, spinning, <laughs> get rid of Satan. you know, I just like, and so I was like, I, I did like a little mock video for my girlfriends. It was like, Oh, you know, um, getting fit with Jesus. And I was like, um, hallelujah. And then, you know, I'd have my little weights and everything and my Jesus headband and, go Jesus and so but people we're not making we're Christians for goodness sakes like it's Jesus has a sense of humor yeah and like that that lady with the get fit uh, and lit with the Lord uh, Laura Clary is her name I'm sorry but it is so funny because she really does have the people behind her you know that like can't really do the workout and they're older and they can't keep up with her and I'm sorry I think it's hilarious and when I posted a couple people like oh they they're kind of making no you can laugh I mean there are pastors that are funny that really do and they're Christian comedians now that do you know really really well Mm -hmm. yes I love to say yes Kyle yeah 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 Yeah, I mean, if you if you go, you know, if you go through the Bible, you go through the New Testament, you know, Jesus with a lot of his parables was, you know, they they were like they were like jokes, you know, and it was like it was in a way it was similar to satire in that you have these stories that would blow up an aspect, uh, exaggerate an aspect of the flaws and sins of the people he was uh, speaking to. And allow them to kind of look in this mirror and say, you know, wow, you know, that really is how I act sometimes. Uh, you know, so there, some of the stuff he said is hilarious, and the little turns of phrases that Jesus used 
uh, you know, where he'd talk about some a guy having a plank, having a, a giant two by four sticking out of his eye, right? And then you know, and then telling his friend, "Oh, hey, you know, you got something in your eye." There. Yeah, right. Like, you have the little that's, splinter, that's right? Funny. Like that's yes. hilarious, right? You know? Yeah, and the camel and the needle and the rich people and I um I so now you give me courage. I am going to do um, jumping jacks for Jesus, like a, just a real simple like <laughs> interval workout where you do thirty seconds of jumping jacks for Jesus fast, and then you take thirty seconds of break where you could do quiet time and then you do the jumping jack. So Tabata for Jesus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what were you going to say, Producer Dave? Oh, I was going to say, I, I can imagine Beatrice Bruno doing it going, Dear God, Lord God, dear God. <laughs> yeah, drill sergeant Beatrice. Yeah, we have a drill sergeant. Sergeant of life. One of the Beatrice. good news gals. That's hilarious. Oh, that's All right, so, uh, you know, this. in terms of the, the book, what's the takeaway for Christians and for people? Uh, who do you want to reach with the How to Be a Perfect Christian, your comprehensive guide to flawless spiritual living, Kurt? Kyle, pardon me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we think the the book is uh, is really powerful for people who grew up in the church and want to kind of laugh at themselves a little bit, and then and then and then think. You know, we want people to laugh and then think, and that's kind of always been our goal. Um, it's also, you know, if you didn't grow up in the church and and you kind of have you know recently became a Christian, and you're looking at some of this stuff. Um, it, it's also it also works really well for that um, to kind of help avoid falling in some of the traps that cultural Christianity has fallen into. Um, and then we hope it kind of has a wider appeal for the wider culture that kind of wants to, from the outside looking in, get a glimpse of some of the stuff that we have, and then hopefully hopefully see the love that we have for the Church. Well, I, I also, I think it's um, beneficial with the holiness tracker, so you can kind of see like yeah. how holy you are. It's a, yeah. like a fit a Fitbit for Christians. <laughs> right. And then I like also the level of persecution, so you can give us, like, we really can compare with our friends, like, who's more persecuted, or your level of oppression, like a co-worker yeah. offers you a secular Altoid instead of a sanctified testament, you know, instead. <laughs> so I like that we can track oh and, gosh. like, you know, compare with each other, because, you know, I, That's I, what I do we all have should do. one person in my life, and like they're their valley is always deeper and darker. Like if you've got an issue, they'll be like, oh, girl, let me tell you, mine's worse. <laughs> you know, and so like uh, almost like um, the level of victimhood, you know, it's always, it's always like one. And I don't want to one up some. I don't want to be the one up victim person. Like I don't want to be like in a worse situation than you. But I do like it that you could, we can track all these things with your book. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that is our patented, our patented uh uh, spiritual holiness tracker that we uh, that we came <laughs> up with. Uh, yeah. We spent millions of dollars researching this thing. So well, I love very that. Useful. Yeah, well, and I love that Fitbit for Jesus. I hope that he can yeah. um, text me on it or something, or give yeah. me like an instant message. <laughs> or so you cool. know, a like, a like, yeah, on right? Your no, tag me. Tag, yeah, tag. <laughs> greatest follower ever. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Again, how to be a perfect Christian? Your comprehensive guide to flawless spiritual living and ba- the Babylon Bee. Give us the website. Yeah, uh, it's com. Well, I can remember that. Thank you so much, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks. That was Kyle Mann. It's a cute little book. I love that. I don't know. It's fun to be. I like to have fun with Jesus. Yeah. Life's too short and serious. <laughs> I think that without laughter, I don't even uh, know how we would get through laughter and Jesus. Like, that's a foundation. Like, amen. I don't even know how we get through some of this stuff we've without a sense a, of humor. We've got to laugh at ourselves and... 
Right. And with yes. it all the way along. Well, it's so funny because everybody, I'm not that politically correct sometimes. And I'm Cindy had a near death experience and she's <laughs> family to me. I was just thinking of this. So I gave her this eight by this 10 beautiful is photo. totally an Angie. She's in a gown, beautiful dress she and bring- there's artwork behind her. And I bring it to the party and I'm in my, you know, beautiful coat, my gown. And I've got like, you know, a, like a crystal headband on. And I look like a princess. I said, I have a gift for you. It's the year. I, I'm glad you're not dead gift. <laughs> I mean, so is that happy. the most unique gift I will ever get in my life? I'm so, I'm so happy you didn't die gift. She runs over to Tom, her husband, and she's laughing. She says, it's the best picture of me. It's I'm glad you didn't die gift. <laughs> Can you believe she brought me a gift when she saw me? That's crazy, but that's yeah. good. That's I love good it. That's a, yeah. that's a total Angie. That's a total Angie. She has a sense of humor. So happy we got to keep her. You I know. know. So what a gift. Are you kidding me? Oh, my she goodness. I just I hope she. <laughs> I know. Like, the happiness of being here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I hope she lives as long as I do. Oh. Like, hey, you think about people that like you think, you know, uh, like, you know, just that you love so much. And you're like, oh, life is uh, life is, is tough. And that's why we have Jesus. That's why we have the Bible. That's why we have a sense of humor. Amen. Hey, if you'd like to find the good news gals and um, you, they're involved with health and wellness and uh, beauty and real estate, uh, email me. Or, you know, you can do that on my website, AngieAustinRadio.com. We'll be right back. The good news of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC. And when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring ma'am. the truck right on over. What's yes, the ma'am. number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ArcThrift.org. Does cool. Arc make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ArcThrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for Arc? I love... Arc. Come to any of the YMCA of the Rockies locations to fill your days and nights with our exciting and educational programs and activities. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we put Christian principles into practice with our fun and informative programs. And our facilities are located in stunning environments that help build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. We also provide conferences of a religious, educational, or recreational nature. And we specialize in offering traditional summer camping experiences for boys and girls. At the YMCA of 
of the Rockies, every season brings affordable fun and excitement for the entire family. YMCA of the Rockies has locations near Winter Park, Rocky Mountain National Park, and Grand Lake. Go to ymcaoftherockies.org. Whether you are looking for adventure, a better way to connect with your family, or just a relaxing stroll, we can set you on your way. That's ymcaoftherockies.org. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Angie Austin here along with the Good News Gals. We've got Michelle, Beatrice, Cindy, and Monique. And we have a guest. We love to hear testimonies. And one of my girlfriends and one of my former bosses, Tim Moranville and Beth Moranville, uh, they said, you have to talk to Crystal Ruiz. And they made her part of a presentation that uh, my friend Tim did recently because he has a really cool uh, Christian radio station uh, west of San Diego in the Inland Empire in Southern California. It's called The Vine. And so it's a K-Love-style radio station that he's starting down there that's very uh, community-centered. And so Crystal Ruiz is someone that they've gotten to know down there. And she is currently the mayor of San Jacinto. And they said, Angie, you have to talk talk to Crystal. She actually was homeless at one time, and now she's the mayor. And I'm like, say what? So Crystal, of course, we had to call you and get your testimony. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. So I'm going through your story, and there's so many points where I feel like you easily could have given up. So I really want to go back before you were mayor and uh, back into, you know, I know you worked in the restaurant business for 20 years and um, you had an accident and at the time you lost your ability to walk. And as many of us do during hard times, we go into our savings. And my understanding is you went through your six months of savings and here you were handicapped and you ended up homeless and living in a tent. So you got to take us all the way back there before you end up, you know, um, with, you know, the mayor of a, of a city in Southern California. Um, you were a hard worker. Um, you worked in the restaurant business. Take us way back then or even into your childhood if you want because we really want to hear your story of faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it is it is amazing. Um, God has his own plan for us, I think. And uh, when I was a teenager, when I was in high school, everybody thought I was going to be a politician. That's what I wanted. Um, but as as a female, getting into politics back then and even now, um, you get kicked around a lot. And um, they told me that women shouldn't be in politics. And if I wanted to get in politics, I had to marry someone rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what, my way in. And I was like, oh, heck no, I'm going to marry for love. And, and that's just wrong. <laughs> it's wrong all the way around. So um, I had stepped into the restaurant industry. Like most of us, we kind of fall into what we do, you know, to life because we can earn a living. And I was very good at it. I was actually the number six general manager in the entire country um, before I had my accident. And, and, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like God gives you um, signs. 
He tells you what direction he wants you to go, and you, you have the choice. Take this direction or this direction. And when he's trying to get your attention, I've learned through this accident that if God wants my attention, sometimes he'll put a real hole in the floor, <laughs> you know, literally, and I fall into that hole. And that's what happened. Um, I fell into a, a drain that was covered up by a thin rubber mat, and I didn't know it was there. Oh. And my knee was wrenched um, oh like a football player's would. Oh, boy. And when it, they went in to do the surgery under workers' comp, God knows, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for that program. However, um, you're just a number. And they went in and cut a band out around my knee that they shouldn't have cut out. Mm. So when they did that, it was the wheelchair, and that was it. This is going to be your life. And like you said, I went through my savings in six months because that's what they always tell you, six months. Six months, I'll tell you, is no longer. You have to (laughs) save a lot more than six months if you're Mm -hmm. going to survive in in a tragedy. Um, And I remember walking, waking up the first night of homelessness. You know, it's not like, oh, I'm staying on a friend's couch. You know, it's the first night of I have to find some place to sleep that's going to be safe. And waking up that next morning going, oh, God, what am I doing? And it went on um, for five months. It was, well, for five years, I was homeless total. Um, It was taking a tent and moving and sleeping in a car. And, um, you know, there's different levels of homelessness, and that's why as a politician I know these homeless better than most folks. Um, There's the homeless that want to be there. There's the homeless that are are, um, drug addicted or some type of addiction and some that are are mentally in need. And then there are those that do what I did, and that is that they hide it. And they go out and you have a job or you go to school. In my case, I went to physical therapy, um, and everything was in the car. I had enough money for gas. Um, And that was pretty much about it. You know, you get a check every now and then. What was that? So you were able to live in your car but hide it from a lot of people that you were homeless. So you lived in a car, yeah, lived in a did. tent. And were you in a wheelchair at that time? Were you still oh, yeah. handicapped? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, you're going to love this because on 9-11, I was still in the tent. And I was watching the whole scene, everything, on a little six-inch TV with a, a wire coat hanger for an antenna and watching everything and trying to figure out what happened. Um, And when the president, uh, George W. Bush, made the speech to Congress, I had been told that morning that I'd never walk again. I'd never get out of that wheelchair again. And I sat at the side of the road watching this, and all of a sudden I went, you know, if he can get Democrats and Republicans to stop acting like Democrats and Republicans and start acting like Americans, then there is a miracle. And I believe that I don't care what the doctors say, there's going to be a miracle. Um, and so I happened to, when I was a kid, because I wanted to be in politics, I used to write presidents from the age of eight on up. And I tell them what I thought, and you get this little card, and um, everybody always gets excited when you get the card from the White House, but me, I'd seen it a million times. And... President George W. Bush had sent me a letter prior to um, the accident and sent a phone number. And I thought, well, I'm going to get the you know secretary on the bottom floor, but I'm trying to be all Joe Cool. I still had my phone, you know. <laughs> I still had my phone. As a homeless person, you know, that was my only contact um, with people. And I got on that phone and I called and I left him a message. 
And I got the secretary right outside his door. So I remember standing there that night, well, sitting <laughs> next, to, next to the fire and trying to stay warm and thinking to myself, God, please don't let this be for nothing. Please, someday let me thank him face-to-face. Like, that is going to happen in a million years. You know, it never does. Um, and years later, and I'll tell you the rest of this after I tell you what happened. So I, I was homeless in a tent, and I tell you, it really kind of hits you. I had the, the neighbor, because they, they have tent cities, you know. So I had the neighbor who kept getting cleaned up because he thought he was going to be my boyfriend. <laughs> and um, I, I'm sitting in the wheelchair inside the, the little tent um, area, and, and I look out, and there he is relieving himself out in front of the door. Oh, and at that, that point, that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and, and I could have succumbed right then and said, okay, this is it. This is the life I'm meant to lead. Or I did what I did. And, and I said, God, please, you, you handle this. I can't deal with this. I can't, I can't do this by myself, and I can't deal with this. And I um, prayed every day, and I actually wrote in a journal. And instead of writing in a journal like most folks did, I wrote a letter to God each day. And I I thanked him for what was good, and I prayed for healing. And I I remember sitting there um, just hurting so bad that I would rock back and forth because it hurt so bad. It was not like it wasn't, you know, it's like, oh, you're handicapped, and that's it. No, there's a lot of pain that was with that. And I would sleep at night. Um, with a knife next to the, the makeshift pillow with my, you know, stuff, um, so that I wouldn't be susceptible to being attacked. Because, one, you're a woman. Two, you're in a wheelchair. You know, you're in a very dangerous position. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't something where I ever felt safe Oh, or I can imagine not. But I also, also, when you talk to friends that you had and they find out that you're homeless, the whole, their image of you changes, and mm. some of, most people can't face that. They, right. they really, the looks that I would get, I would know instantly when I said something to someone and they would give me that look, and it was like, mm. okay, you know, this is, and they would never call again. You know, mm. some of them I haven't heard from in, in many, many years because they couldn't face what I was going through. Mm. And I don't know if it was just shock or what, um, but it was really heartbreaking. And it, it, I started going, okay, how am I going to get out of this mess? And so I started um, trying to put good stuff in. Because, you know, when you're in a bad spot, it's really easy for Satan to get in there and just really attack mm-hmm. us. And he's so subtle, we just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so um, Satan, you know, my, my fear was, was that he was going to get a hold of me and not let go. And that was, that was the last thing I wanted. So I, I went to the library, and I had a library card, and I would check out a book, and I would start reading it. The books that I read were all inspirational books or books that were um, how do you get the life of your dreams, how do you do this. And I would literally, anytime I could afford to buy a book or get a used book, that's what I would grab. And I would have them, if you saw my bookshelf, you'd laugh because I had little tabs. Like I didn't have sticky pads. I could not afford a sticky pad, right? So I took a magazine or a piece of paper that I could find on the ground, and I would rip it into little sections and tap the book. So I would have like a million tabs in these 400-page books, you know? But it was all important stuff that I wanted to make sure I kept in my head. 
Wow. And I kept putting more and more good stuff in. Well, it's interesting if you that, want the good stuff to come out, right. you have to do that. Yeah, and that's what that we're taught oftentimes as Christians that, you know, what you put into your brain, it's so important uh, that you put positive things in and you focus on positive things and that you um, watch and listen to um, music and television shows and you surround yourself with people uh, that um, are biblical, people that are positive, people that are using language that you want like your children to be around. I was just exactly. having this conversation with my son yesterday. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Crystal Ruiz, who worked for, um, hard for years in the restaurant business. She was a very successful general manager of a restaurant, and she uh, stepped on a drain. She ended up hurting her, injuring her leg, and she was uh, handicapped in a wheelchair and homeless in a tent. And she talked about uh, calling President Bush because she had his phone number because she'd written letters to presidents every year and that she wanted to tell him through his secretary that he had inspired her. And so here you are in a tent with this tiny little TV watching 9-11 and figuring all that out. And then you're going to the library and you're reading positive self-help books, trying to put positive things into your brain because you want to turn your life around. And then what? Because you ultimately well, become a mayor. I do, but what's fascinating is during the process, I had to go to physical therapy, and one of the people who worked at the physical therapy places was, happened to be my future husband. Mm. And so here I am, the day I was told I would never walk again, they knew I always came in with a bubbly personality, they could never figure out how. And it's because I put my faith in God to get me out of this and to make it worth something. So... I go and I come in and I'm, I'm really distraught. So they put me in a private room and he walked in with another uh, physical therapist and, and, you know, I told him what he said. And he, he said to me, after the other physical therapist left, he said to me, he goes, you know, they don't know you. You're just a number to them. You know yourself and you know that you, how you're going to react so you can get out of this. So I took that to heart and afterwards I would, um, I, I, moved to Las Vegas for a short time with my parents and stayed with them. They had, they had been staying with me originally. And so finally they were able to afford a little little uh, trailer in Las Vegas, and we, I went out there to stay with him, and I started emailing back and forth to my current husband. And he, he said that it, it, Vegas was too far from the beach. He didn't want to come out there. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I came back here after finally Southern you know, California. being able to yeah, back out to California after finally being able to, okay, I can, I'm free from, from workers' comp. I'm slowly learning to walk again. That's five years later. And I come out here, and I get this little job as a secretary somewhere. And I, all of a sudden, he emailed me, and I emailed him, and then we texted. And within six months, we were married. Wow. <laughs> and now, so you're learning yeah, to walk no, again. You're learning exactly. to walk again. You end up marrying someone that you met at the physical therapy that you would go to. And then you end up a mother of four and the mayor of San Jacinto in Southern California. So how does that happen? So, um, you know, my husband's so cute because he says I teach him so much, but I think we teach each other, you know. Um, he, He makes me a better person, and I make him the same. When we were, I mean, we're low income. I'll be honest with you. We're just like most of the people across the country, working class, poor. And um, we moved, we found a house out here in San Jacinto, and um, God blessed us with this house. You know, we've been looking for a year and a half, couldn't find anything. Every single offer we made, we were the backup offer always. And finally, we walked into this one house, 
And sure enough, we get this house. Now, mind you that I can't pick things up. I can't walk backwards. It, it has to be under a certain weight. So the neighbor saw us moving in and my husband trying to lift all this stuff, and he starts helping. So, you know, he's a nice man. A few days later, he comes up and, and he's talking to my husband, and I'm sitting inside. I had four babies at this point. I had a um, one that was uh, just a few months old and then about six months, and then I had a um, one-year and a two-year and a three-year. So they were all very little, one year apart. So, so he comes over, and my husband comes running in the house, and he goes, oh, my gosh. He goes, Scott stopped by, and I said, he stopped by? And he goes, yeah. He said he had to go to a meeting. And, and I said, well, where are you going to the meeting? And he said, well, I'm the mayor. And he said, well, I asked him, are you the mayor of the block? And he says, he says no, I'm the mayor of the city. <laughs> a few minutes later, my husband goes to the office. He comes running back out, and he goes, oh, my God, he's the mayor of the city. And I'm thinking to myself, what mayor helps a neighbor move in? Where do they do that anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So I invited him over for a, a, a barbecue, and I said, hey, you come on over. And within a few moments, he said, you should run for city council. Well, the city council out in San Jacinto in 2010 was all indicted except one. They had wow. one council member who was there, and he was he – was, not a good guy. And the minute he said it, I knew that that hole in the floor, I knew what God wanted me to do. And my husband saw a spark in my eye he hadn't seen mm-hmm. ever. And, and so that was back sudden, in 2010? That was 2012. We only have like a, a little bit over a minute left. So you you get on the, the city well, council and then... So I get on the council. So a few months later, George W. Bush is going to speak at one of our events. Oh, wow. So I sent a letter to the, the library where I knew that he could get it, thanks to my husband. I get back a response, and they went, guess what? The president wants to meet you. <laughs> and I stood before the president wow. just a few months after being uh, a council member. And I'm standing there thinking, God answers the craziest prayers. Well, and then I'm thinking, God, please don't let me upset that to the president. <laughs> That's wow. but he, is, he is amazing. And if we let him work in our lives and we follow what he does and we put positive things in, mm-hmm. um, we're going to get the most amazing returns on, on, on our investment. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that he doesn't care what we go through. Um, he can get us out. He can, make, he can take a mess and make it into a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the crux of my whole story is that and he can do it to anybody. If he can do it for me, he can do it to anybody. How many well, people are homeless and go to a mayor? I know, and get to meet the president. You know, Crystal Ruiz, mayor of San Jacinto, Southern California, a friend of my friends. Thank you so much for sharing your testimony. I'm so sorry we're out of time. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show, Crystal. You have a blessed day, and thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank wow. you, Crystal. Thank you for your story. story. That was awesome. huh? We'll be right back with the good news. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, do you have a lot of things around your house you want to get rid of? My husband wants me to get rid of anything and everything that is in his way. 303-238-JANE. I love ARC. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps and everything you donate helps. 303-238-JANE. They bring a truck right to my house. I actually have them come every month or two and it is so helpful to get that place cleaned out because you know what? My husband's a lot nicer to me when I donate things and who better to donate to than ARC? 303-238-JANE and arcthrift.org for a location near you if you just want to drop a few things off and do a little shopping. arcthrift.org, shopping with a purpose. I love Arc. 
friend, Angie Austin here. You know, uh, you may have noticed that a lot of my good news gals have a heart for charity. And uh, we have Michelle here. We have Monique here and also Cindy, my good news gals. And Cindy and I actually met through our charity circle, our nonprofit circle of friends. And I remember being at Arlene's party right there in the middle of her grand ballroom and the second I met Cindy, we bonded immediately, didn't we? We exchanged we numbers. We did. We exchanged numbers. It was just like an immediate connection. And we just sat, we stood there and talked that whole night. We did. We, we did. exchanged numbers. And yep. then we just picked up a friendship. Yep. And it was almost like we knew each other forever. I know. But what I will say one thing about Angie and I. I think part of the common thread right there was we both come from backgrounds where we started out where we did not have easy easy roots, so to speak. I say we started way behind the starting line. <laughs> like we knew where the finish line was and we're like, hey, why don't we get to start at the starting line? We're way back here. We can't even see the starting line. <laughs> we had a lot to overcome. And that's given us a heart for others. It's and given a us a heart for charity. others and for each other. Yes. But I am um, involved in the charity world like Angie is. And uh, one of the charities that I have a huge heart for, and it's one of the ones that my husband and I uh, put a lot of our effort and time into and uh, support, is um, Cancer League. And Cancer League, I, I'll just speak from my heart on reasons that I really appreciate this charity and that I feel so drawn to be part of it and support it in a huge way. It's very um, big here in Colorado, very active. We're one of the most active chapters and one of the largest chapters in the country. But 100% um, of the uh, money that comes into Cancer League goes back into research. All volunteers. 100%. 100%. And 100. you don't hear that very often. Yeah, there's no, like, secretary's friends, brother's sister who's on the payroll. There's no, you know, it is 100%. And with that said, every single person that is involved in the charity event is a volunteer, obviously, and we all donate from our hearts. And it's one of, I mean, if you are wanting to attend a fun charity and become involved with a really vibrant, um, involved, active group of people, um, Cancer League of Colorado is just amazing. Uh, we're having uh, an event coming up called the Hope Ball. Oh, it's just something that, that haps, happens every year. And this one this year is going to be May 12th. And I do know that there are still um, individual tickets available as well as sponsorships. Excellent. So that's the Hope Ball, and it's on May 12th. May 12th here in Denver at the Hyatt Regency at the DTC. And uh, it's really going to be a fun event. And there's always amazing things to purchase all the way. They, they do a whole wine bar. There are amazing things like... Oh, Dan Sharp is so generous. He always offers a really fun fur or something that I always have my eye on. And um, there's uh, ju famous jewelry designers, and they they donate their jewelry. Uh, what the else? The auctions do we have? are always really fabulous. And, oh, and, and Eva Eva Mock. Uh, their paintings are just amazing. Oh yeah, and I remember that the, from a couple the, years ago. The, yeah. The, the, the theme this year is called All That Jazz, 
And um, this year, Eva Mock is donating a big painting that is uh, jazz. And they're, they're world-renowned artists. Yeah, they're, they're, their work I mean, is amazing. It is amazing. Okay, so Cancer League of Colorado, Cancer League of Colorado, uh, you can go to the website at cancerleague.org if you want more information on the Hope Ball, May 12th. And also, if you've been touched by cancer or someone you love, uh, my 38-year-old cousin died last summer of cancer. He's a, he was a firefighter, and then uh, another firefighter in that area just died of cancer, and both of them had two young children. And so Cancer League of Colorado, if you'd like to get involved or go to the Hope Ball May 12th, that's cancerleague.org. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.